Well, Thanksgiving's over, so I guess it's officially the Christmas season, right? Um, even though unofficially it started quite a while ago. Uh, decorations and things have been in stores for months now. The music started on the radio weeks ago already. Uh, and it doesn't have to be this way, right? We, we have made Christmas to be this like almost three-month-long event, right? Uh, we don't have to do this, right? We've let this happen. Uh, for those of you old enough to remember, when did the tree used to go up? On Christmas Eve, right? That's when you put the tree up, because really that's the start of the Christmas season, is Christmas, and then it goes for 12 days after. But we've got these uh, three months before that we, we unofficially celebrate it, but it's drawing near. It's, it's almost here. And this time of Advent is not just to get ready for Christmas, to get all of your preparations done, all the shopping, all the cooking, all the cleaning, right? To attend all the parties and all the commitments and all the concerts, right? It, it, it's more than just that. Advent is about preparing our hearts. And it's not that Jesus doesn't mind us celebrating his birth again this year with parties and presents and, and those types of things. But as long as it doesn't get in the way of something way more important, yes, even more important than celebrating Christmas. And that's what our gospel lesson from Matthew is all about this morning. And it's not very Christmassy at all. <laughs> but it talks about something way more important than his first coming. In the gospel of Matthew, Jesus spends two chapters answering a question. Chapters 24 and 25, from which the nine verses we're looking at this morning come from, two chapters, his disciples have asked him the question, what will be the signs of the coming of the end of the age when you come back? And Jesus lets him know <laughs> what's going to happen, what it's going to be like. He, he spends 97 verses, two whole chapters, answering that question. Do you know how many verses Matthew spends on Jesus' birth, his first coming? Eight. Eight verses 97. Which do you think the Spirit thinks is more important? His first coming or his second coming? Right. So here is Jesus answering this question, what will be the sign of your second coming? What will be the signs of the end of the age? And, and just before our gospel lesson, just earlier in Matthew 24, Jesus tells them, he tells them, well, there's going to be false prophets. There's going to be rumors and, of wars, and there will be roar, wars. There will be famines, there will be earthquakes, uh, there will be uh, people whose love grows cold. He says the gospel will be preached throughout the entire world. But then, he says what's here in the first verse of our gospel lesson this morning. He says, you'll see all these signs. You'll recognize them, right? And we see them. But he says, about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So he says, you don't get caught up in trying to interpret all these signs and, and try to figure out exactly what day and what time Jesus is going to come because nobody knows except for the Father. It's not your job to figure out what day it's your job to be ready for whenever that day is. And so I ask you this morning, are you ready? 
not for Christmas, not for all that's coming up in this month of December, but are you ready for Jesus to come back? He wants you to be ready. But if we're honest with ourselves, how often do you think about it? How often do you spend time preparing for his second coming? Because it's the day you want to be ready for. Because he's not going to come back in the same way he came the first time, right? With hardly anybody knowing it, as a helpless little baby laid in a manger. But he's going to come back with all of his power, all of his glory, with all of his angels, and every eye will see him. That's the day you want to be ready for. The people in Noah's time should have been ready for that flood to come. For 120 years, Noah was building a big boat, not anywhere near a body of water that could float it. And they heard Noah preaching, not just with every hammer and nail that he pounded, but the book of Hebrews calls him a preacher of righteousness, that that he was warning the people, judgment is coming, repent while you still have time. But as Jesus says in our gospel lesson, he says in that time, what were they doing? They weren't getting ready for that judgment, for that flood to come. Instead, they were eating and drinking and marrying and just going on as life is normal. It's not that they didn't know. Noah told them it was coming. (laughs) They didn't believe it. They didn't care. Now, what about you? Do you care? Do you care that Jesus is coming back, that judgment is coming? I mean, just take a look at your typical week. Take a look at this past month, and where's your focus been? How much time have you spent preparing for Jesus' second coming? Look at your life. Look at how you spend your time. Look at your budget. What does your life reflect? And if you're like everybody else in this room, (laughs) it's often focused on the here and now. Eating, drinking, giving in marriage, right? Like, this is it. Like, this is all there is. And just think about how you look at your job or your finances or your health or your relationships, how good or how bad things are going in your life. The focus is that this is everything. But it's not. And thank God it's not. And no one knew that. By God's grace, no one knew in that that 120 years, he knew he had a job to do. Because he knew and believed that judgment was coming. God was going to follow through on his word, that that flood would come. And for 120 years, he worked and he worked and he worked building that boat getting ready for it. Because though Noah continued to live in this world, Noah continued to see all the same things around him going on, he knew this wasn't all that there was. And so he got himself ready so that when that rain started to come, he and his family could board a boat that would float and save them all. 
And God wants you to be ready too. God does not want you to be afraid or be uncertain about what's going to happen. God does not want you to be living in oblivion, oblivion that not knowing what's going to happen. He tells you that just as he gave the people of Noah's time, that time of grace of 120 years to hear that word, to repent and believe, so he too gives us this time of grace. And it's limited. I mean, we just don't know how long it is, right? We're, 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 Jesus tells us no one knows that day when he's going to come back. And so be ready today. Because that time of grace will eventually end and judgment will come. And Jesus wants nothing more than for you to be ready and to face that day with 100% certainty. To watch and wait with certainty. And it starts with repentance, doesn't it? It starts with realizing how complacent I have been, how I have neglected and ignored these warnings how I have been living in grace, but just don't know how long it's going to last. To hear that call to repentance and to know that he wants to forgive, that he wants to forgive our spiritual complacency, that he wants us to come to him and to know him and believe in him and trust in him and find certainty in him for this life and for the next. And that's why Jesus spends 97 verses wanting us and pleading with us to be ready. To not get so caught up in the things of this life and the worries and the troubles and the cares and the pleasures of this life and miss out on all that he promises to us in the life to come. Do you know when Jesus spoke these words from Matthew 24? This is Tuesday of Holy Week. This is a, a, a pit stop on the way to the cross. On the way to suffer and die for your spiritual complacency. For all the times you have neglected his word. For all the times you have not heeded his warnings. For all the times that you have lived like the people of Noah's time rather than like Noah. Spending your life getting ready. It's going to a cross. To free you, to forgive you. And to assure you that his love for you spans into eternity. To assure you that you can have certainty of what will happen when Jesus comes back. That, that is not a day to fear, but a day to look forward to. And when we are led to repentance, when we are led to see our spiritual complacency, when we are led to see the forgiveness that is ours, that God loves us in spite of all of our sins, then our hearts are ready to say, Lord, make me ready. Lord, prepare me. Make me ready for that day when you will come back. And he is willing. And he is able. We live in a world where the word of God is more accessible to us than at any other time. I, I'm guessing that most of you have at least one Bible in your house, if not multiple Bibles. Right? Devotion books resources to use to study God's word. Most of you have a little device in your pocket. I can pull up a Bible if you wanted to. Right? 
The word is so accessible to us. And through that word, God makes us ready. He gets us prepared. He shows us his seriousness about sin. He shows us that hell is real and it's hot and it's forever. But he also shows us grace. He shows us our Savior on full display for the sins of the world crucified for your sins. It's in that word of God that you are made ready. That you see your Savior Jesus and all that he promises to you. The promises that God keeps, that he's faithful to, that he will keep forever. When you pray, Lord, make me ready, he will through his word. And then he gives us his sacraments. He gives us the sacrament of baptism where where he assures us that you are mine now and forever. That just like Noah was saved by water in that ark, so we too are saved by water in our baptism as that name of God is spoken over us. And that water is given power to forgive sin, to make us God's dear children. Saving us by that water as God claims us as his own now and forever. Lord, make me ready as I remember every day what you did for me in my baptism. In just a few minutes, you will get to come up to this table. And you will receive the very body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which assures you of the forgiveness of every sin, which assures you of an eternal life waiting for you, which gives you the power to go and to live a ready life. The Lord makes us ready through word and through sacrament so that when that day comes, there is nothing to fear, that we can be 100% certain of what waits for us. And in addition to these wonderful gifts, God gives us each other, doesn't he? God gives us a Christian family. He gives us brothers and sisters in faith. As he says in Hebrews, to encourage each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching, as you know that that last day is coming, that we are calling each other to repentance and love. That we are encouraging one another. That when we see a fellow brother and sister getting caught up in the things of this life, living more like the people of the time of Noah rather than like Noah, that we have the duty and the responsibility and the privilege to call each other to repentance. To help ready each other for that day when Jesus comes back. We do not have to live in uncertainty. We do not have to live in complacency. But God gives us each other. And God gives us these wonderful gifts of word and sacrament so that we can be certain and friends, that is far better than any preparation you will do for Christmas. To prepare for him to come again. So that you can lift up your heads with joy and receive him as your king, as your savior, as your judge, as your brother, as your friend forever. Jesus ends it, his section here with, that we're looking at with one more illustration. He says, Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch 
and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Jesus wants you to be ready. Jesus wants you, as we heard in our lesson from Romans, where Paul said to be living wearing the armor of light and have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness because the night is nearly over, the day is almost come. Right? Jesus spoke these words 2,000 years ago. He's given the world 2,000 years of grace. Today's the day. Today's the day to get ready, to make your heart ready for him to come back. And... To look around at a whole world of people who have to face their judge too. A whole world of people who are living like they are in the times of Noah. People who either don't or claim they don't have any idea about the coming judgment. That their time of grace too is going to come to an end. That there is a whole world of people who don't know their Savior Jesus, and don't know that he is going to come back to judge every one of them. And so today's the day to go to that coworker who has been living without hope, who has hit rock bottom, who, who doesn't know where to turn, and, and to share the hope and the peace of Jesus that you have. Today is the day to go to that friend who has just been ridden with guilt over the sins that they have committed in their life and to assure them again and again and again that those sins are paid for at the cross. Believe that your Savior has taken your punishment. You are free. Today is the day to go into a world of darkness and to let that light of Christ shine that they might see your loving, merciful God through you. Today's the day, because there might not be a tomorrow. So many in our world are, are living as if, well, I'll get my life right tomorrow, or the next day, or, or maybe next year, or they just don't care at all. By God's grace, we know what's coming. By God's grace, we have been called to faith, and we know exactly what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. And how we long for others to be ready around us, too so that they can have that certainty that we have. Jesus is coming back. And it's not going to be lowly like the first time. But it's going to be with all power and all glory, and that's not a day we have to fear. Jesus says, I'm going to come on a day that you don't expect that I'm going to come. But when he does come, you know what you can say? This is exactly what I was expecting. Because Jesus, you have made me ready. Jesus, you have called me to be ready, and you are the one who keeps me ready through your word and through your sacraments, that we can face that day with certainty. And so this December, make your Christmas preparations and, and go to your parties and buy your presents and put up your trees and all your decorations. That's fine and good. But don't lose sight. Don't lose sight of that second coming. When he will come to fulfill all of those promises he made to you through his first coming to take you to be with him so that you might be with him forever 
all by his grace. Be ready for that day. Be certain of what will happen on that day. 